the western fringes of the young United States were lawless and dangerous places at the end of the 18th century. And one of the most dangerous spots of all was a large cave on the Ohio River near the Kentucky-Illinois border. The cave was populated by pirates, not of the swashbuckling kind who stalked the Caribbean earlier in the century, but of the petty, coarse variety, often using the women among them to trick unsuspecting travellers into slowing their boats and nearing the cave where they could be attacked. These were some of the nastiest and toughest men and women around, but even they were appalled at the events they witnessed one day in 1799. Two brothers tied a man to a horse, blindfolded the horse and sent it charging down to the edge of a nearby cliff. The horse bolted, the man screamed and both tumbled to their deaths. The brothers roared with laughter, but the pirates who witnessed the event, nearly all of them murderers themselves, were absolutely horrified. They sent the brothers and their wives packing, warning them never to return. That the brothers had so appalled a group of fearsome pirates would come as no surprise to anyone who knew who they were. They were the notorious Mika and Wiley Harp, and they had been subjecting people to vicious assaults for years. The era they operated in was far tougher than our own, and on the brutal Western American frontier, death and violence was part of everyday life. But even in this context, the Harp brothers stood out. They killed not just for survival or for material gain, but for the pure thrill of it. They murdered people because it was what they loved doing, and their bloodlust made them America's first serial killers. Hello, welcome to episode 5 of the Ministry of History podcast, a podcast that aims to take a look at some of history's lesser known characters and stories. I'm afraid this is probably going to be the last episode of series 1. Remember, series 1 is all about murder, and today we're discussing the Harp Brothers, America's first serial killers. As with last week, I'm not sure this story is long enough to fill two episodes, so we're going to condense it into this new format of just one episode. So yeah, like I said, this probably will be the last episode of series one, but fear not, because I do have a bonus episode that I've already recorded, and I'm not sure what I'm going to do with that yet. I might release it at some point in between series one and two, just to keep things ticking over while I prepare and record series two. I haven't quite decided what that's going to be on yet. As always, I just want to point you to following myself on Twitter, at Ministry History, all one word, no of in the middle. 
and I want to point you towards my blog, The Ministry of History on Google. It's one of the top results and you know it's the right one because it's got the blue and black logo. I also just want to give another quick shout out, not to another podcast this week, but to another blog. That her historian also goes by the name Zoe and she runs a blog that details her research as she's studying history at university. She also gives you book reviews, pointers on which books to read, which films to watch, and comparisons between our era and other eras. She's also written pieces on different people from history. Indeed, Zoe actually wrote a piece for my blog on Amy Dillwyn, the forgotten feminist, as she titled it. It's a really great blog, and I must admit, I've found it a real help over this tough lockdown period. Make sure you check it out. It's that her historian on Google and follow her on Twitter and Instagram at that her historian. I believe Zoe also has a Facebook page. Again, that her historian on Facebook. Now then, back to the Ministry of History and back to the Wild West in America in the late 18th century. The first two things you should know about the Harp brothers is that Harp wasn't their real surname and they weren't actually brothers at all. According to the Scotsman newspaper, they were cousins born in the late 1750s in Scotland. Their birth names were Joshua Harper and William Harper Jr. and they were the sons of brothers John Harper and William Harper Sr. The Harper family emigrated to America when Joshua and William were young and they settled in South Carolina. Being first-generation Scottish immigrants, the Harpers were loyal to the British Crown during the American Revolutionary War, but this loyalty was punished by their American patriot neighbours who hanged the Harper adults in an act of extrajudicial retribution. It seems that this must have been a life-defining moment for the young boys. As well as orphaning them, the event set the tone for the rest of their violent lives. In an effort to distance themselves from their executed parents, Joshua and William Harper decided to change their names They dropped the last letter of their surname, while Joshua changed his first name to Mika and William changed his first name to Wiley. Mika Harp would also go by the nickname Big Harp, while Wiley would be known as Little Harp. A lot of what we know about the so-called Harp Brothers' early activities comes from an interview conducted in the early 19th century with an American revolutionary commander called James Woods. Now Woods attests that the Harp brothers joined a band of men who were nominally loyal to the British crown, but whose only real aim was to exploit the legal vacuum that had been created by the war. They pillaged and murdered their way through the countryside, and indeed Woods claims that Wiley Harp was known to have raped at least three young girls in the area, before he personally 
that's Woods, stopped him from committing a fourth rape. We can't know what the truth of Captain Woods' claims are, but we do know that he was affected by the Hart brothers and their activities. His own daughter, Susan Woods, was kidnapped by them and later became Mika Harp's wife. Soon after that, Wiley Harp got married as well to a minister's daughter called Sarah Rice. The wives were just two of several women the Hart brothers either kidnapped or invited to join them on their grim adventures. And before long, several babies had been added to this dysfunctional clan. Details about their lives up until the 1790s are fairly murky, but we know that by 1797, the Harp brothers had ended up in Knoxville, Tennessee. We know this, as Cara Goldfarb describes for the All That's Interesting website, because there is a record of them being charged with the murder of a man who had accused them of stealing livestock. The man had been found in the Tennessee River showing what would become known as the hallmarks of a harp murder. His insides had been cut out and replaced with rocks in an attempt to stop the body from surfacing. But surface it did, and the harp clan were forced to flee. Arriving in Kentucky, the harp brothers killed at least three more people, but they were quickly apprehended. It's important to note at this juncture that they rarely stole from their victims unless they needed to. Rather, their motivations appear to have been pure bloodlust, a love for the hunt and killing of their prey. In any case, they refused to sit in their cell in Kentucky and await their fate, and they made a successful escape from the jailhouse in 1798. They left their womenfolk behind but they wouldn't be separated from them for long. A sympathetic judge released the women, who duly searched for and found the Harp men. With the band back together again, they exploited their freedom by mercilessly attacking anyone they came across. The Harp clan didn't discriminate in their targets. It didn't matter whether you were white or black, native or settler, man or woman, adult or child. Whoever and whatever you were, Big and Little Harp were happy to murder you. The Illinois historian John Musgrave describes how the Harp clan as we know it spent their final years wandering around the Illinois-Kentucky borders. It was here, in this wild, rural surrounding, with a complete lack of any legal authority, that the clan continued to thrive and operate with impunity. It was this same environment that allowed the pirates at the cave on the Ohio River to thrive, and the harps stayed with them for a while, before being banished for the heinous stunt we discussed at the start of this podcast. The murderous travellers just rumbled on. The impunity in which they operated wouldn't last forever. 
By the summer of 1799, the governor of Illinois decided that he'd had enough of the Hart brothers and declared that there would be a $300 reward for the men's capture, dead or alive. It wouldn't be hard to recognise them. Mika Harp was a large, burly man, and Wiley was thin with an unruly head of ginger hair. This may not have been enough to identify them individually, but if anyone saw them together, they would have known exactly who they were looking at. Anyone except a certain Mrs. Stiegel, who allowed them to stay in her isolated cabin in Kentucky. The Harps killed Mrs. Stiegel and her baby, but it would finally be a killing that proved one too many. When Mr. Stiegel returned home to find his wife and baby murdered, he was naturally incredibly upset and very vengeful. He quickly ascertained that it was the notorious Harp brothers who had stayed at his house and he organised a group of local men to hunt them down. It didn't actually take them long and by the end of the summer they had the murderous pair cornered. They ordered them to surrender but that would have been completely against the nature of Mika and Wiley Harp. A firefight ensued in which Wiley escaped but Mika was wounded. As he lay on the floor he was finished off with a tomahawk axe and Mr. Stiegel triumphantly beheaded him. According to John Musgrave, it was at this point that the Harp women were briefly arrested and then released. They went off in various directions, some returning to their families, some remarrying, all of them taking their children with them. Sadly though, there was one mother who would be going to wherever she was going without one of her children. That's because Mika Harp had killed one of his own daughters in a fit of rage when she wouldn't stop crying. As he lay on the floor, wounded, waiting for Mr. Stiegel to finish him off, this was the only of his murders for which Mika Harp expressed remorse. As for Wiley Harp, well he actually managed to escape and stumbled back to the pirate hangout on the Ohio River. He stayed there for a few more years, but at some point in 1803, he became aware that the pirate captain had a large bounty on his head. He decided to betray the captain and cash in on the reward. However, it seems as if Wiley hadn't quite thought this all the way through, because the authorities instantly recognised the wiry ginger figure who was standing in front of them, and he was arrested on the spot. Wiley Harp was tried and hanged in February of 1804. So, this story ended how it was always destined to, with one Harp killed while trying to evade capture, and the other Harp meeting his end at the gallows. They never had any plan or aim to speak of. As John Musgrave puts it, their only plan was to stay alive as long as they could. But 
even if they didn't plan it, they have ended up going down in history. The Harp brothers are generally recognised as America's first serial killers. This earns them a place at the start of a long and depraved list. So, that brings to an end episode 5 of the Ministry of History podcast, and with it, an end to series 1. I know, it's sad, and I won't be back with series 2 for a little while, but fear not, as I mentioned at the start of this podcast, I do have a bonus episode, quite a long bonus episode too. I'm not sure what I'm going to do with it yet, but rest assured, it will appear sometime soon. As always, just another reminder to follow me on Twitter at Ministry History, all one word, no of in the middle, and make sure you check out the blog, The Ministry of History on Google. It's one of the top results. The Ministry of History is not an academic source. I'm influenced by all types of writings and documentaries. For this podcast in particular, I'd like to acknowledge the influence of the following articles. Mika and Wiley Harp, article published by Murderpedia.com. The Harp Brothers, Scots who became the USA's first serial killers, article published by The Scotsman. The Harp Brothers were America's first and maybe most psychopathic serial killers. Article by Cara Goldfarb, published by allthatsinteresting.com. <laughs>